listening to ESPN 100.3 FM, KLRZ, La Rose, New Orleans, and the River Region. It's the Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengill. Hello, sports fans. Well, hello there. Local sports, national sports. The GCAT has got you covered. Oh, you made a wise choice, my friend. Time to tee it up and let it fly. It's the Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengill. Check it out, Jordan. Hola, amigos, and welcome to the Sports Hangover on this Tuesday, June 28th. Got plenty to get into today. A handful of guests. Should be fun here. As, um, I mean, how do you put your thinking caps on? And with your thinking caps, I'm going to ask you to help out a little bit here. Because I have a question. And a lot of it has to do with, obviously, free agency getting going in the NBA on Thursday. And so much talk about um, Kyrie Irving. What else some of the other free agents are going to do? My, uh, mind you, the whole Kyrie Irving saga lasted a day. Not, not, not even a day, right? It's been decided he's staying, he's opting in. We'll get into all of that. But um, I, I think that's the thing that I kind of want to get into here as well because I keep hearing a lot um, with everything, with the Nets, it's the Lakers, it's whatever, whoever. That, you know, they're, they're ready to win a championship and this is the most championship ready team and all this other stuff. So I kind of want to go back to a phrase you probably hear a lot and often and that is the old championship window. What exactly does that mean? Because, well, I'm not going to say it pains me because you give credit where credit is due. As welcome in Jordan, the graduate who raises his left arm in triumph. But he said this yesterday, and I said, you know, you might have a point, so let's make that a topic today. And Jordan, what was it that you said that I'm giving you credit for that I think is something we can have fun and discuss today? I said, do you think the Pelicans championship window is open right now? So I, I hear that and I look at that. I'm like, well, or at least begun, maybe, or is it open? Yeah, began. Right? Yeah. So it's just open. So, so what's that definition, right? And like, I kind of said it yesterday too. Like, you know, when we get that first cold front in October, and you want to open up the windows in the house, and you're gonna, you just lift it up, right? I mean, it, but the house hasn't been cooled yet. You're not yet enjoying the breeze that's going to be coming in or enjoying the cooler air. But you've opened the window, and I, I think that's that could be that could be accurate to an extent, you know. And again, and I understand what I'm saying. We haven't even had a single game with the starting five of C.J. McCollum, Herb Jones, Brandon Ingram, Zion Williamson, and Jonas Valanciunas. Like we we haven't literally had a minute, not a second, not a dribble, <laughs> nothing. With all five of those guys in a real NBA game. So I understand that. And that's not what we're saying. I think what Jordan's getting at is an interesting kind of thing to kind of look at. And that sort of, you know, is it a championship window as you start to get to that point where you're competing for championships? Or is the championship window, we are here, we can compete for a championship right now, this season, this team and when does that championship window end is it when some of those players leave is it consecutive failures at a championship like when did the saints championship window end uh i I mean you gotta you gotta say i mean it was right when drew Brees retired so you think that was i think that's when the window i mean or could you make the argument that was maybe Two seasons well, I, before that, Jordan, when they lost right. to Minnesota, well, I think it closed a little bit. Yeah, I think I think I, I think defining a championship window is like there's certain points of like when it's open. So we got to this point yesterday because we were talking about free agency mm-hmm. and we we're talking about and I started talking about how the, the the roster of this team is so young and we're gonna have to find new um, new like ways to get players off the team and make room for the draft picks that we selected to put them on the team and. There's a lot of contracts, rookie contracts, second year contracts that the Pelicans are in that still have a, you know, a little while away before you have to re-sign them. And so that's what's got, what got me thinking. Is it by, you know, terms of roster? Like what's the roster look like? Is it full of young talent? And kind of going back to your point with the Saints, I think 
it closed a little bit when Drew Brees retired. Mm-hmm. But I, there's still a lot of talent on the team for them to make a push. Because I was thinking about this this morning. As I knew we were going to talk about this a little bit, I was like, you know, could the Saints still be in a championship window or like the Pelicans? Could this season be the reopening? Or on the rise. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Reopening. Because you have pretty good talent. The unknown of your quarterback is, I mean, because in the NFL, you better have a, you gotta, you gotta have a championship caliber quarterback, right? You gotta have a top tier, top 10 quarterback if you want to win an NFL Super Bowl, right? Would you agree with me on that? Yeah, um, absolutely. Because the reason I'm going there, and I think it's going to be interesting when we bring this up to our guest today, because um, I do a lot of this debate and banter back and forth. I think it's going to be fun uh, when we look at it as Chris Roseverglue is going to join us at 12.15, Jordan. 12.15 is Chris. Uh, Glenn West, of course, covers LSU. We're going to talk a little LSU baseball there. And then Chris Connor is going to join us at 1.30. But because I, I look at it from the Pels and Saints standpoint. Pels and Saints standpoint is this. I think the thing that's going to be interesting to me is how you look at these teams in that can they be, quote unquote, on the rise and ready to be contenders at some point? And if it is that a championship window or is a championship window, the Celtics. Right. Played in the finals, you know, like like ready made. You know what I'm saying? Like they are. Like the obviously the Warriors, they're in a championship window. So it's a championship window. Just you are currently conference finals good, right? At like championship window is is that the Saints should be in the NFC championship game? Is that a championship window? Because I'm with you. I'm looking at it as there's an opening and a closing. Isn't there? There's a rise and then there's a – that could have been. And you saw it, well, right? Well, the Suns – I mean, you look at the Suns. I mean, last – two years ago, three years ago, they weren't really, like, considered, all right, Western Conference Finals yeah. ready. But then the very next year, Chris Paul joins them, and it's – they're in the they're in the NBA Finals. Mm-hmm. And so I think there's, def- there's definitely different definitions – of a championship window. It could just be for one year, but right. kind of to make it easier, the question that we threw out there on Twitter, and there's, we only gave two, but if there's another one that you want to define it as, I, I made a, left a choice open for other, but the two of them that we put down is, is it when your team is on the rise or is a championship window defined by a team having a collection mm-hmm. of talent for a period of time? So I'm interested to kind of figure that out a little bit because I think you can make a case and argument for both sides, right? And again, look, I I think if I'm a fan base, the the fact you're having that sort of discussion is what you want, right? You want to be in there because I was thinking about this walking the dog this morning, Jordan, about the joys of the the rise, the journey, and and the unfortunate, I guess, opposite side of that to me. When the expectation levels are so high that it almost becomes unenjoyable, you know, whether it's an arms race in football or college baseball, whatever, like to me, part of the joy. And I said this after the season ended for the Pelicans this year, it was very reminiscent of 2006 with the Saints. It was this. No one expected this. Right. Not just 2006, but also reminiscent of 2017. Right. I mean, that. Who's Alvin Kamara? I mean, Tennessee didn't even use him, right? I mean, it's Lattimore guy. That's, that's fine. Let's see how this works. But they turn out to be the rookies of the year on offense and defense, right? This team was in a playoff game. And remember, in 2017, we said it, too. It's like, you know, they, they still had some issues, right? Still had some issues. Like, third down. That's why they lost the Minnesota game. I, I know you can say the Minneapolis miracle and all that. The team didn't score in the first half because they, they literally couldn't convert third downs and they win that game. If they convert a third and short and then the kicker comes out and kicks a game winning time expiring field goal. Instead, they didn't convert on third down and had to kick it on fourth down and left time on the clock. 
granted, Marcus should have made it. But what I'm saying is that was a flaw that season. They could not convert third downs. It wound up biting them. Two years later, that was Jordan, we all believe, right? Them and the Rams. I mean, that, that was the team to go to the Super Bowl. So that's why I'm curious. Is this year a 2006, a 2017-type team, or do you think they're a little bit past that already? And that's why I'm saying you brought up the Pels, but I'm, I'm going to toss this out there a little bit to Chris when we talk to him next segment. Are the Saints in a championship window? I mean, if Jameis Winston is a Pro Bowl quarterback, if he's a Pro Bowl quarterback, plays at a Pro Bowl level, I'm not saying top 10, I'm not saying top 5, just a Pro Bowl level. Do the Saints not have enough talent? I mean, I mean, I mean in, in you, theory, you in Jar- theory. You have Jarvis Landry, you have Michael Five-time Thomas, Pro Bowler, NFL record holder, yeah. NFL record holder. <laughs> Keep going. Yeah, I mean, right. and then you look at the, on the defense, you have Cam Jordan, you have Demario Davis, All you pros. have Marshawn Lattimore. All pros. I mean, you have Tyron Matthews. Pro Bowlers. I mean, yeah. yeah. That would go into mean, the second one. So, I mean, come yeah, on. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. They're so, definitely in the championship window. Yeah, but, I mean, I think to your point earlier that you made was you need that quarterback, and we need to see – a full season of Jameis Winston, if he could get it done, yeah, the Saints 100% have a chance to make it push for the Super Bowl. So that's kind of what I want to discuss today. You know, like, what what is that championship window? What's our definitions of there? And in reality, are, would you at least argue that both teams have the makings of perhaps being in a championship period window, however you look at it? Because if that's the case, Jordan, here's what I want to what I ask both Chris's here. I just realized there's two Chris's, right? Um... Has that ever happened? Like, I'm 22 years in the business. I, I'm trying to legitimately think. Have you ever, and I'm saying window, I'm not saying this season. You know, I'm not saying like both teams this season should win the you NFL like or the NBA. Yeah, I, I can't ever think of, cause like I said, even, even to that point, the year that Chris Paul became the runner up, to the MVP and Kobe Bryant, and they were up 3-1 on the Spurs, a win away from the Western Conference Finals. Nobody expected that that year. Not that I know of. I mean, I I, I knew it was fun. You kind of saw them play at OKC. they come back and all that. But, I mean, th- we were still in the looking at the Thomas Picayune graphic of how many fans needed to be in attendance or they were moving. Like, we were still in that period. You know, it's not like like now. We, we were not in this mode where we're like, awesome, uh, free agencies win, fantastic. Are we shipping out grammar now? We need a roster spot. Like, I mean, that's, yeah, right. that's where we are. That was not the case. And like 06 and like 17, I think, that season, 2008 with the Pels, that was, that was unexpected and it was fun. And then those expectations started to rise and come. And that's what I'm getting at. Last year, the way you saw this team end, and as everybody's been mentioned that we had last week on the show that covers this team, still 10 games below 500. There is a sense and feeling of, oh, ooh, this is going to be good. Like the anticipation of we, we can see what could be coming, you know, very reminiscent, I think, of 06. That's why you kept, you kept hearing me say the parallels to that last year. The Saints were 10 and 6. They weren't 14 and 2 in 2006. Nobody saw them go into the NFC Championship game. I mean, they, they, they had flaws, man. I mean, you know, they, they, they were not the most talented team in the NFL. 2009, that was an unbelievable team. Like you watch that replay of the Super Bowl, I think it was last weekend or two weekends ago. The graph. You watch every single game. Every single game. No, I mean, dude, they were they were hammering teams. They were putting they were putting up forty almost (laughs) every single team. But that's three, four seasons. You know, in your system, you know, your players, you had your foundation, you had all that. But that's what I'm saying. Could you know that was at the championship window because that was the championship season? Because the seasons, two seasons before that, it ran eight. You weren't even in the playoffs, Jordan. It went from not being in the playoffs to winning the Super Bowl. So that's what I'm saying. The Pels, could you make that case in our game like you just said? Are we, are we at the very minimum just, you just, you lifted the window. I mean, that cool breeze hadn't even got in yet. But have you lifted the window? And I would probably argue, Jordan, by goodness, I think you're right. The Pels are in a championship. I, well, I, I think the window, it, like, why not? At the very least, it- well, 
That's the whole reason with Zion, right? If you consistently make the playoffs, I'm saying it's wide open. Oh, you go, you're, you're throwing it as high as it can go. Yes. All right. If, if you can, I'm at least cracking it. I'm at least cracking. I absolutely think, I think, look, I think it's, you know, you're waiting for that breeze. I, I think I would go there. So we should, we should have fun with this today as, uh, We'll talk to Chris Connor. He's got a new podcast coming out here as well. Chris Roseverglue will join us here as well, Boot Crew Media. That is next segment. We'll ask him, are the Saints in a championship window? You know, we'll touch on that. Since 1948, that's 74 years, Valerio Brothers has been in the commercial shrimping and fishing supply business. They carry a large selection of stainless steel shafts up to two and a half inches, but they can also order larger if you like. They also stock two, three, and four blade propellers up to 40 inches, a large selection of shaft couplings, single V struts, and stainless steel rudders. Now listen to this, Solario Brothers is now stocking rudder blades and rudder shafts so you can make your own rudder. Now carrying stainless steel plate pieces so you can make your own V-strut. A huge selection of stainless steel stern tubes, rudder and shaft shoes, fiberglass tubes, rudder ports, packing boxes, and dripless shaft seals. Stocking tiller arms and rubber cutlass bearings along with a big line of motor mounts. Visit Alario Brothers before the season. That's Alario Brothers, 894 Avenue A, West Wego. Visit their website at alariobros.com. Shrimp boats is a common, their sails are inside. Shrimp boats is a common, there's dancing tonight. Greg LeBlanc Toyota in Homa has got your summer deals. Plus, we're ready to deal on every vehicle in stock or online too at GregLeBlancToyota.com. Remember, we have the all-new Toyota Tundra, totally redesigned and ready for your summer plans. The kids are out of school and you've got vacation plans. It's the perfect time for something new. And we want your trade and we're paying top dollar. Greg's got the deal. South Hollywood Road in Homa. Greg Greg, 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 Greg LeBlanc Toyota in Homa has got your summer deals. The official Monster Truck Series. Witness the world's best drivers competing in your favorite Monster Jam trucks. The fun begins at the Fit Party, where you can watch live pre-race driver interviews and see the trucks up close. Get your $20 Fit Party Pass at MonsterJam.com today. Plus, tap out of it ticket to enter Fit Party. Restrictions may apply. Rules and activities are subject to change. Visit website for event details. Coming to Caesar Superdome July 9th. Now, back to the Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengill on ESPN 100.3 FM and ESPN 1003.com. Welcome back, Sports Hangover, hour number one. Mr. Chris Roseverglue joins us at Roseverglue Reports. The way to follow him over on Twitter, he's a writer for The Spun with Sports Illustrated now. Saints podcast over on the Boot Crew Media, and they are making some noise, folks, as we'll hear from Chris Connor coming up in hour number two. This Chris, Mr. Roseverglue. Sir, how are you this afternoon? I'm doing well, Gus. Thank you for having me. Yeah, it's Chris of Palooza, man. I just realized that. Everybody's a Chris today <laughs> on our show. Um, you know what? I'm just going to get into it, man, because obviously we got just, uh, you know, five Tuesdays now, uh, and then actually four, not counting today, and then it'll be the day that players report for Saints training camp and all that. We're seeing some Jameis videos and all that, but... The graduate yesterday, Jordan was bringing up something with the Pels about, we're talking about championship windows, right? I mean, you're hearing a lot of that with Kyrie and the Nets and the Warriors and the Celtics and all that. But I'm kind of wondering, what is your definition of a championship window? Do you include the rise and fall? Is it championship ready team? Like, what is a championship window to you? I, you know, for me, it, it always, like, it's almost easier to look back on it than when it's happening. And, and the reason I say that is I kind of think back to the 2017 season for the Saints. And going into it, I don't think any of us really would have thought, you know, this is a championship Bingo. team. And even as the season went along, it's like, oh, are they going to be a championship team? And then you look back and we're like, man, the 2017 season, it kind of felt like a squandered opportunity because that's when the window started and then it kept open until 2020. And, and for me, you know, I think for the Saints with this roster, there's so many ifs that, like, 
Right now, being honest, I don't look at them and say, oh, this is definitely a championship team. And yet, because there is a lot of talent, you know, if they're looking good by October, November, right. then I'm going to be like, okay, yeah, I do feel like the championship window is open. And I think the Saints are in such a you know odd yet good situation in the sense <laughs> that they still have a lot of young talent, right? Like, you look at guys like Lattimore and Kamara, now you add guys like Chris Olave, and maybe Trevor Penning could be something great, and we know Ramchek is still fairly young. Like, the talent's mm-hmm. there for this Saints team, I think, for the next two, three years to be competitive. And maybe that even branches out more because the NFC South, post whenever Tom Brady decides to officially walk right. away from the Bucks is in a weird spot. But, uh, you know, I'm, I'm just fascinating to see. It, does that window open up again this year? Because it felt like it closed last year. But we know how the NFL is. Like, things open up so quickly. The 49ers went to the Super Bowl, missed the playoffs, and an NFC Championship game the following year. And now, who knows for them. So I, I do think for the Saints there's a chance it opens up starting this year, and I wouldn't be mm-hmm. surprised for the next three years we see them contend in the NFC. Okay, there you go. So uh, the analogy we were using, Chris, was opening the window. You know, like that first cold front that comes in in October where you just kind of just open the window. You know, you haven't even got the, the real cold weather into the house just yet, but you're just opening the window. And I, I think that's kind of what I'm looking at with both of these franchises, which is weird because I, I can't ever remember it being like that, right, where in the foreseeable future you could see a team compete for that and I, I think that's how I look at it because Chris so much of it is the quarterback isn't it what if Jameis Winston plays at a Pro Bowl level yeah absolutely and that that changes everything right because I think when I look at the Saints team and I kind of think about what they can be and if I tell people you know I, I could see them winning you know 10 games or going like let's say 11 six I'm always doing that under the assumption that I get the Jameis Winston that we saw last year pre-injury right like a really efficient quarterback in terms of not turning over the football, some splash plays here. But what if, and I do think this is possible, what if the Saints get a version of Jameis Winston that is similar to what the Titans have gotten from Ryan Tannehill over the last three seasons, which is a Pro Bowl caliber quarterback? All of a sudden we're looking at this Saints team entirely different. And obviously Winston's the type of guy in terms of potential and arm talent that you would put him over a player like a Ryan Tannehill, so the explosive plays are possibly on the table. And I think for Jameis, he's, he's going to be the big X factor as to right. high how uh, you know how high is that ceiling for the Saints. Like I think even if Jameis plays that game manager brand of football that the Saints kind of went with last year because the offense just didn't have a lot of pieces, I still think they can win double-digit games and be a competitive mm-hmm. football team and, and get to where they want to be. But if Jameis ends up playing better than that, to your point, we're talking about instead of cracking the window open a little bit to just opening it completely, and yeah. I think that would change a lot for me. That could be interesting, too, because I was just saying in the opening segment, Chris, 06, right? I mean, they were 10-6, and 6, not like they were 14-2, and 2, but it was just fun, like the ride of seeing them rise, and it was almost a, oh, wow, they might actually be good, or, oh, wow, they won that game, and you can sort of see – Maybe what could be, and they don't make the playoffs for the next two years. And in 09, they put it all together, and it's sort of like that. And I kind of feel with this team, it has the potential to kind of be a mix of both, right? We we don't know how, as you mentioned, with Penning, we don't know how that line's going to be. I, I think being able to get, you know, the offensive line fixed and Marone as the O-line coach helps but you look at the possibility of this receiving core. I mean, you got a five-time Pro Bowl receiver in Landry. You have a guy that set records in Thomas, and Olave seems to be many, raid, uh, many ready-made rather for the NFL. Those guys can create space. You get anything at a tight end. You got a guy in Kamara. Like I'm thinking, that sounds and looks like an offense that can compete in this year. You know, it's crazy. It is, but, you know, it's the truth. And I think for the Saints, like, what I love that they did this offseason more than anything was they knew they had the problem and the issues at wide receiver last year, but they didn't just get one player in and think that would solve everything. Because I think for for us, I would love to see Michael Thomas back in, you know, all-pro form, lighting it up, and that might might very well happen. But when you bring in Jarvis and Olave, who I think you said ready-made, I think that is perfectly said. I think he's going to come in immediately. And, and make some great plays for the Saints. Now the pressure isn't on Michael Thomas to come back and beat Michael Thomas of 2019 because he, got, he has guys like Landry and Olave who take the load off of him. So I do think there's moments there. And, and even you talked about that feeling of fun and, and exciting in 06. Although the Saints missed the playoffs last year, and I feel a lot of it was due to the injury part right. of this team, 
there were moments, you know, especially the two Bucks game, even though, even though one was just shut out and we got no offense, but especially <laughs> the Halloween game where you saw a really tough yeah. defense and pre-injury you saw some big throws from Jameis and you're thinking, okay, like there could be something there or even the Packers season opener with the way they play. So I wouldn't be surprised if the Saints come in and, and they're one of the more fun teams to watch this season because they're going to be one of the few if Jameis plays well and these receivers are good, that they can give you complimentary football. There's a lot of teams that are defense-heavy or a lot of teams like the Chiefs who are offense-heavy. Maybe the Saints can play that complimentary style, and, and we would all love to see that. Chris, it's funny you mentioned that, that that Halloween game, and I saw you tweeted a little bit about that yesterday. It That was the game that, if you talk to some people reportedly, that was when Sean was going to kind of open it up a little bit more for Jameis Winston, and I've brought up the fact that after that, when he got injured, I mean, you got quarterbacks and guys that are playing in there, airing it out 30, 40 times. So it was almost like earning that trust and sort of doing that. And I just wonder if, you know, if he's allowed to kind of go out there and just, you make a mistake, you make a mistake, but go out there and, and make those decisions. And it helps, right, Chris, when guys, in theory, should be able to get open and and you have options here. I mean, you can't cover everybody the Saints potentially will have. Yeah, no, for sure. And you, you mentioned it well, too. I mean, we, we took the Saints offense last year where there were moments that guys really couldn't get separation. Now you add a pro bowler, you add a top 15 pick, you probably bring back an all-pro player, Michael Thomas, and you mentioned it. That's absolutely right. Like, after that, the thought was the Buccaneers game, and the Saints showed it in that first half game plan with Winston. They were airing it out more. They were opening up the offense, and we were finally going to get to see what Jameis could be in Sean Payton's system. And that's why last year kind of felt tough. It's almost like we got cheated out of some closure as to what could Jameis look like in a full season in a Saints uniform. We didn't get to see that. But I do think that that's something that the Saints should build on. And I think with the way Dennis Allen kind of you know talked about Jameis Winston this offseason, I'd be surprised if they went into this season just reeling it back completely and going yeah. to the you know conservative game plan. I think they have to air it out a little bit because, you know, I, I get the point of limiting the turnovers and playing that careful football, but when doing that, you eliminate one thing that Jameis Winston does better than most quarterbacks, and that's airing it out because I think he is that guy that when he is making those throws downfield and he does have the receivers capable of making those plays, that, that puts fear in the defense. You know, I, I think the one thing we struggled with for the Saints, like the 2020 Saints, the 2019 Saints, was, you know, outside of 15 to 20 yards plus, you're, you're not getting much. But that's something that Jameis can excel in. So I, I'm excited to see if what if he could pick up where he left off. Because when looking back at that game, and I can't even explain why I did it. I did go back and watch that game yesterday. <laughs> it, it's just, you, you saw the moments there where yeah. you're like, okay, we yeah. can work with that. And if you can do that on a... You don't have to do that every single game. I don't expect Jameis Winston to light it up and be interception-free every single game. There's 17 of them. It's tough. But more times than not, then I think you have a really, really fun Saints offense. At Rose for Glue Reports, the way to follow Chris over online, Saints podcast for Boot Crew Media. It's crazy. You look at these workout videos, and I, it look, Chris, I'm rooting for the guy. I legitimately am rooting for him. You see how much he's invested in these things, trying to do everything he can. He's working out. And they were having a little fun with them at Get Up this morning with some of the videos and, you know, that little bar that sort of looks like Revenge of the Nerds, the Javelin. I mean, it, it's it, it's a bamboo bar, apparently, as uh, they were saying on theirs, to try to get coordination with the weights. But, you know, you see it flopping around and people make fun of it. But, look, there's, there's one thing that you cannot argue against here, and that's Chris – Jameis is out there doing everything he can with the limp, without the limp. There are no TAs to show that he wants to be a part of this team, which is unique, man, considering that this team literally went all in on Deshaun Watson. Yeah, that's that's a great point. And I think for Jameis, more than anything, like this is, I believe, this upcoming season, the kind of make or break for his future in the NFL. Because I think no matter what, Jameis is always going to have a place in the NFL. We've seen guys like Ryan Fitzpatrick play for over a decade. He'll have no problem finding places to play. But for him, he knows. like This is the moment to prove if he's going to be a starter for a long time. This is it. Has to shine this season. And, you know, I, I think Jameis, after the way the Buccaneers tenure ended, I think he knows the NFL is a business. And is it kind of odd that, you know, the Saints did go all in on Watson. They pulled out all the stops that didn't work. And then they go right back to signing him. Yeah, it's like the logistics don't seem great at all, but I think for Jameis, when he's got so much on the table here, and there are people, whether it's a, a workout video or an interception, ready to just you know make fun of him and mock him, whatever it might be, right. like 
he has to block all that out. And even if that's from the Saints, you know, pursuing Watson, he has to block that out because all that matters to him right now is he goes out, has a good season, the Saints are winning games, and you look at Jameis differently and say, okay, he can absolutely be a starting quarterback on a winning football team because that's been the knock. We've seen him put up big numbers. The criticism has been that he couldn't win with those numbers or that he was careless in football. I think for him that's important. And what I love about whether it's the workout videos or the things that James is saying in the offseason, if it doesn't work out, like if this season doesn't go the way he planned and, and the offense doesn't look good, at least I know deep down that like every possible you know clip was used. All, he shot every gun out of the barrel. Like I was going to say, almost that piece, yep. where mm-hmm. you know, it, you know it didn't work, but everything was there. There's no ifs, no buts about what happened. So. I think for Jameis, him blocking out that noise, whether it's the Sean stuff or anything posted on, on social media or whatnot, I think that's good for him. And I think he's the type of guy that he'll, he'll get over that. That's the it's the most scrutinized position, I think, in sports, man. You know, whether it's even point guard, even starting pitcher, you have help with all that. You, you have to make the right decision and play at a certain level if your team and organization is going to win a Super Bowl. And that's the NFL quarterback. And I'm going to lead into our final topic here, sir. Go ahead and tease what you did over there at the Spun. Got a chance to talk to Trevor Lawrence. That guy looks the part, huh? And I'm interested to see his growth with stability. I mean, what, what they went through last year in Jacksonville, that's not easy. Yeah, it, it's not. And I think for his situation, it's so weird, right? Because the, the Urban Meyer era just, just came and went so oh. fast and <laughs> – you go from learning him to all of a sudden you have to get used to, to the Daryl Bevel system for a couple of weeks. So it's almost like you had two head coaches in mm-hmm. one season, which is never ideal. And I, I will say for Jacksonville, they make a lot of weird decisions at times. Bringing in Doug Peterson, I think, was the right move in terms of just having that stability, having a guy that's been there, done that. We see him do it with Carson Wentz. So if it's going to happen for Trevor Lawrence, I think it will happen because of a guy like Doug Peterson by his side. Obviously, he has the talent there to succeed but I'm really curious to see it would be a shame because I think you know similar to Jameis Winston Trevor Lawrence is that guy out of college five star you expect the world out of them but you know if they end up in a tough situation it's hard for them to make something out of nothing in in an NFL league that that's so tough but uh the talent's there and I I think for them the the offseason acquisitions were fine I thought you know Christian Kirk obviously that that kind of reset the market but if that gets going I'm, I'm intrigued to see what a guy like Trevor Lawrence can do in year two how can folks go see that Q&A with you, including uh, his advice for Arch Manning? Yeah, absolutely. People could check it out at thespun.com right now. We have it up on the front page, and we'll have some uh, you know pull-away quotes there, just like his comments for Arch. And There's another young quarterback that I'm sure a lot of people will be interested in seeing for the next couple of years. No doubt. Chris Roseverglue, appreciate the time this afternoon, sir. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me, Gus. Yep, for sure. At Roseverglue Reports, the way to give a follow. As we said, Wright's over there for the spun. Sat down with Trevor Lawrence. Saints podcast over there for the Boot Crew Media. We'll speak with Chris Connor coming up at one thirty. also part of Boot Crew Media. We'll do that as well. Open up the phone lines this segment, and we'll bring back the graduate at 1245-800-998-1003. I'm looking for definitions of championship window. Do you think the Saints, can you make an argument for or against Saints and Pels in one, opening the window per se, is the analogy I'm kind of using, uh, or... Do they have to meet certain criteria for you to say that? It's the Sports Hangover, and you're home for Pelicans basketball, ESPN New Orleans. Delivery trucks rush all over town and sometimes cause king-size accidents. The King Firm has trial attorneys experienced at handling crashes involving delivery trucks. They can help fight for your medical bills, lost wages, and pain and suffering. Get the royal treatment you deserve when you ring the king. If you've been injured in a delivery truck accident, ring the king at 909-KING.
Thibodeau Regional, again acknowledged for delivering an outstanding patient experience by HealthGrades. While we may be the recipient of the award, our patients are the real winners because you can have confidence in the quality of care you'll receive. Thibodeau Regional Health System, proud to be among the top 10% of hospitals in the nation and the only hospital in Louisiana recognized by HealthGrades for providing an outstanding patient experience 14 years in a row. Clay Young here with John Conroy, the founder and owner of Pestop, your do-it-yourself pest control solution. John, they're back, man. The flies that just won't let you have peace in your kitchen. Oh, you must be talking about the little bitty ones. Yes, indeed. Yeah, those are likely fruit flies or drain mm. flies. Fruit flies normally get brought in from produce and yeah. grocery stores. You remember we did this a couple of years ago, and so many people were talking about, man, when y'all were talking about that, we've been having that problem, and you solved it. Yeah, exactly, because it's the solution is not where you think. Mm. It's in the drain. We have a product. You just treat the drains for five nights straight before you go to bed so there's no water in there. The little enzymes go in there, and they eat up all the egg and the larvae and all the debris that's in the drain. And then guess what? No more drain flies. So where can I get this in the New Orleans area? In Metairie, we're located at 3512 Severn Avenue next to the Pepper Mill. On the North Shore, we're at 1417 North Highway 190. That's in the same shopping center as Sherwin-Williams. And on the West Bank, we're at 2500 Lapalco, just past the Harvey Bridge. Because at Pest Stop, we can help you with that. How can we be excited about a show where we just talk? Talk sports. That's how they talk in the major league. Now back to the sports hangover with Gus Kattengau. All right, let me hear from you. 800 is the way to chime into the conversation. What is a championship window? Could you make a case and argument that the Saints are in a new championship window? I I think I can. In terms of... It's based off of what, because I think a lot of people feel like Roy just texted me. It's good to know you're listening. Uh, <laughs> it's based off of Jameis Winston. Like, let me ask you this. If Drew Brees three years ago was with the current team he has right now, would you feel they are? If Drew Brees in his final season sands the injuries with the arm strength, had Chris Olave, Jarvis Landry, Michael Thomas, which, by the way, he didn't have his last year. A younger offensive line with Doug Marone at the O-line. The additions on defense he have. Would you be thinking they are? Because I guess my point I'm saying is if if you're stopping from saying you think they could be based off of the quarterback... That means you're two-thirds there. And now I understand it's a very big position. But as Chris just brought up, we've seen teams win the Super Bowl, like Gannon with the Bucks, or Tannehill be able to win a bunch of different games. We've seen teams win Super Bowls, Peyton Manning and throw a pass. Now, you it has to be overcompensated. You have to have a really good defense, a really good run game, a really something of that nature. But... Like, you're not going to tell me that in some of these teams that have won Super Bowls that didn't have exceptional quarterback play or exceptional quarterbacks that Jameis has weaker talent. Now, I understand he has to put it together. I understand he has to show you that. Again, 14 TDs, three t- three interceptions. Like I, I'm looking at the five wins. and I mean, I, I get it. People speak of him last year like that guy was awful. He was held back and kind of cuffed a bit on that offense. Had to earn that trust. But it's interesting that if I say, okay, put put Stafford in there. Like if I put a top 10 quarterback on this Saints roster, are you saying they're, they're in a championship window? Because that's kind of what I'm kind of getting at here is that This team has some talent and potentially can be really good in the next year, two years, three years. So that's why I'm asking, what is a championship window? Because all I hear in NBA free agency is, you know, if Kyrie stays with KD, they're a championship window. They haven't proven anything. And what was it? I wrote it down. Two, um, two years, 58 games together. But I mean, everyone, oh, they're absolutely now I get it. They have won championships separately. Kyrie did. KD did. So I, I understand. 
It's easier to say, well, those guys have shown it and proven it. Jameis has won the Heisman. He's won a national championship. He was the number one pick overall. Like, if I take away, and I'm not saying you can't take away the good and the bad, but if he didn't have that one season of 30 picks, and Rory thinks he's throwing 60, if he didn't, if he didn't throw the 30 picks, are you, are you still kind of feeling that way? Mind you, we had multiple coordinators, multiple coaches. I mean, it, it matters. Stability matters. So, I would make the case an argument. Like Jordan the graduate was making yesterday in reference to the Pels, I, I'm going to say, not. and you've known, you've heard me since March. Now, this was before Brady said he was coming back. I'm like, the Saints are winning the division. Brady came back. I'm still sticking with it. Saints made the moves they did in free agency and on draft day. I'm like, you know what? They're not just going to win the division. They're a contender. Because with the schedule they have, if they win the division, that means it's probably bare minimum 10-11 games that they've won. And if you're going to win 10-11 games with Baltimore, Cincinnati, Vegas, the Rams, the Vikings, Seattle, Arizona, Cleveland, Pittsburgh, Philly, San Francisco, and six games against your division. If you're winning 11, 12 of those games, you're going to tell me you're not an NFC contender? I, I just rattle off playoff teams. I just rattle off teams that national media is going, oh, they, they're going to be contenders. They're going to be good. I just rattle off a team that won the Super Bowl last year. I mean, if the Saints win 10 to 12 games, there absolutely are. And if that's the case, wouldn't that be a window? And that's what I mean. Is the window, does it include the rise? Cajun Go, what do you say, sir? Do, do you think, could you make the case and argument the Pels and the Saints are in the first cool front of the season in October? They're getting, just, just opening up the window here, and, and then we're going to wait to see for that that cool air to get through the house. But just like you wake up, you're like, ooh, it's 65 outside. And you open the window. Would you agree with me on that or am I a little ahead of myself? No, I'm going to agree with you on that uh, for, for this factor. Let me wash your window so your window will be clear. <laughs> okay. Championship window to me is, don't we always say, all you want to do is get into the playoffs. Okay. And anything can happen, right? Mm-hmm. Do you feel like both of these rosters, Pelicans and the Saints, do you feel like both of these rosters can be consistent playoff teams? I do. For the next five years. For the I next do. five years. Well, look, and, and what got me kind of going into this direction and thinking about it a bit, Cajun Coat, was the, the feeling I had, that uneasy, almost dirty feeling, yet I couldn't get rid of it. The day after the Suns eliminated the Pelicans, I'm like, Man, I'm having trouble convincing myself that with Zion, they don't win that series. Which is nuts. Now I understand Booker missed some games, and I, I get all that. But you literally needed or watched Chris Paul have a record-setting night. Didn't miss a shot one game. I'll be like, like things like that had to happen to beat you, and you had 27 points not playing for you. You know what I'm saying? And those 27 points, not just that... But his presence on the court would have determined whether or not they could double B.I. and C.J. the way they did. And would open up more space for other guys to score. Like, I, I could plausibly say, now I don't know if they would have won the series. But I could have plausibly said he absolutely would have made a difference. So, and that was the number one seed. And that was a team that had won 64 games. 64. A record setting number of wins for that franchise so if i'm plausibly making that case then i think i can open a window that's all i'm saying yeah i I agree with you gus and i agree that if zion would have played in any of these games that Mm -hmm. they you can almost say that i think they would have been right there in the western conference finals and i really believe they could beat those things because of the simple fact that Nobody had rim protectors. Right. Who's stopping Zion going to the rim? Nobody had rim protectors. And I love the makeup of this team. I think mm-hmm. this team in the next 10 years, or uh, next seven years, uh, six to seven years, is definitely a playoff team and definitely a contender to win the, to win the title. Uh, 
you know, they're going to make roster moves or things that they need to do. I mean, there's a couple guys I think are in, indispensable, you know. I love the draft this year. I mean, God, how how we get excited about the draft now that we get these guys. This guy, uh, I don't know if you got to watch the YouTube thing on him yet, uh, Gus, but uh, Lendl, that's one angry dude. I sure want him on my team. However <laughs> yeah. you can fit him. I like angry guys no, like that. Look, you, that you just get brought drafted it up. in the first round, man. Look, him, huh? I said him and Dyson Daniels, you, you, you put in two guys that right now, this second, in a pickup game, in a summer league workout that's coming up next week, in the preseason and the regular season, can help you immediately just by their effort and energy and defense. And to your point, then you throw in certain situations and and guys that you're playing lockdown shots and stuff. I'm not saying I could shut down Golden State the whole time, but what if I could throw on a lineup that just get a stop or two? You know, I'm not going to keep Steph Curry let's, from not dropping honest, third. Gus, they're not eighty percent. no, percent from the three, right? Hundred percent. You no. are eighty percent from uh, yeah. from inside the lane. Well, and so, like I said, Casey, you know, three, three it's, points makes differences, but and it's it's this. It's over a series. That's why I keep I keep okay. stressing. Build now. Now you have to build a team that can sustain four wins over seven games. It's why I picked Golden State over Boston. I think Boston's size, defense, in a game, in a best of three, I think they win. I think the action and the movement and the running that Golden State forces you to do, and I don't know if they have that depth, right? I think the Pels have the depth. I would argue most of their better defenders and players are probably coming off the bench with their effort and energy. So, like, when you start thinking... Uh of the of the next five after the starting five, um, I, I like those chances. Let me let me be honest about the Celtics and the Warriors. The Celtics should have won that series. Mm-hmm. The Celtics' problem was is that they really think they can shoot the three, and they had opportunities every time. The games they won, they won in the lane, Gus. They won attacking the rim. Brown would attack Draymond. Or they would attack. When they stopped attacking is whenever Golden State gets you. Golden State shoots the ball well. Don't get me wrong. They are a great three-point shooting team. But they do not defend the lane well. And when you start putting bodies on them, them arms get heavy to shoot those threes. They stop doing that. And that's that's why the Celtics failed. But as far as roster uh, presentation, and I understand Mm -hmm. what you're saying about running around, but remember, them guys got to run around too. I don't care what kind of fighter you are and you're getting older. Them arms are going to get heavy if you got to do a lot more running. But if you're not playing any defense because guys are jacking up threes because you're giving them wide open and they're still not making them, you know, we have the Pelicans. We don't shoot the three very well. So we know how it changes the game. When we miss a three, somebody makes a two. So that's, that's basically what happened. But I'd like to see us be the bash boys mm-hmm. and just take it to the rack. You yep. know what I'm saying? I mean, this is what we're constructed of, and we have a couple guys that can hit a few threes every now and then. And uh, I think that wins more games. Well, defense will, will keep you in the games. They will let you sneak. I remember at this time last year, Cajun goes. We go to break. I said, if they could just play better defense, I know there's something that you wanted too after Van Gundy. If you could just play better defense out of those, what was it, 14 games with double digits that they lost? If you could win seven of those, you're a playoff team. And sure enough, they got into the position, even though there were 10 games below 500, to get into the play-in. Won the play in, had good, you know, second halves and quarters to win those games with the, whether it's the Clippers or the Spurs because of their defense. Simply put, if you can just defend, you might be able to steal a game. Period. And that's Willie Green's philosophy. And if you can do that, you steal enough of them, and, and then you have a game where you play well offensively, why not? Why not, Cajun Go? You know? I, I agree with you. One quick thing about the Saints. I don't think they ever got out of the playoff window. I mean, last season was their worst season, but that's because you went through three quarterbacks. Oh, you if went, Jameis well, is healthy the whole season, are you not in the playoffs? Dude, last year was a you cut off a priest. You you did something bad to a family member. You 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 I don't know somebody voodooed you. I mean, what what they went through last season? I mean, it was just. I mean, you, exactly. it can't happen again. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, you're going to have right. injuries. You're going to have suspensions. You're going to have losses. You're going to have whatever. But 
to the extent of what they went through. <laughs> Come on. I just, it's not happening again. And, and if it you doesn't did happen this with again, no wide playing. receivers. No wide receivers, and you Dude, were one game that, that away. That was a playoff. flag football. So I group. think their window was still open. Okay. But I just think that, you know, sometimes it takes luck too. Right. With your window being open that, you know, you can get a healthy team. Sounds uh, but good. I think both of these teams, yes, the, the, the window for the playoffs is totally open. There it is. I Cajun the Goat is opening that window and playoffs. waiting for that cool breeze. Thank you, Cajun Goat. Appreciate the time, oh, yeah. buddy. You got it, brother. Yep. Bye. Take care. Sport Hangover on ESPN New Orleans. We'll turn after this. Energize your business with Bayou Black Electric Supply in Homa. When you're elbow deep in a job, the last thing you need is to lose time and money fetching electrical supplies. Bayou Black Electric will deliver your items to the job site. There's daily scheduled service throughout South Louisiana, Lafouche, Terrebonne, Morgan City, New Iberia, and Lafayette. Plus the river parishes too. If you need parts, call Bayou Black Electric Supply. 985-223-8807. Highway 311 in Homa. Set yourself up for success when planning your next event. Whether it be a festival, Mardi Gras rodeo, or outdoor music venue, Joe's Septic Contractors knows that it's important to cover your bases well before the days of your event. Joe's Septic Contractors can supply 1810 3 and 2 stall restroom air conditioned trailers anytime, anywhere, 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. Planning an event? Visit Joe's Septic at bizcom.net with locations in Cutoff Thibodeau, Fushaw, Abbeville, and Reserve. You have a pest control problem? Roundtree's Pest Control and Supplies has an experienced staff that can guide you with the products to use yourself for your home or business. They carry a full line of professional products for termites, mosquitoes, ants, wasps, fleas, bed bugs, mice and rats, or any other pest control needs you may have. That's Roundtree's Pest Control and Supplies. Call 985-475-3314. That's Roundtree's Pest Control and Supplies. Hey, this is Bomani Jones. What's your favorite podcast? Let me tell you why that'll be number two after you listen to mine. Three times a week, I'm going to challenge you to keep up with me as I discuss topics from the latest in technology and music and people getting dunked on. Also, you'll get the very best analysis of the games and we watch them with encyclopedic level historical connection. Plus, we have got a community of guests that you'll feel like are your closest friends in no time. Listen and subscribe to The Right Time with Bomani Jones Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Got a hot take? Everybody listen up. Let's hear it. Call us at 800-998-1003. Answer that phone. Or tweet us at ESPN Radio NOLA. Now, back to the sports hangover with Gus Kattengill. 800-998-1003. Don't forget this Thursday will be at Francesca. I will have Monster Jam tickets and Pit Pass tickets as well. Packs of four. Not this Saturday. Next Saturday is the Monster Jam event in the Caesars Superdome. We're going to line up some drivers for you next week as well. July 4th is Monday, so it's a holiday, so keep that in mind. But um, So, yeah, if you want to go, you have two Thursdays left. I'm going to have tickets both Thursdays. Katie's next Thursday will be Francesca this Thursday. So I'll have some tickets for you if you want to go there as well. 800-998-1003 is the way to chime into the conversation. As we welcome back in Jordan, the graduate. Again, we want to hear from you. Um, Give me some thoughts here as we spoke with Chris Roseverglue and got his thoughts here about what the Saints team is going to be. Like the, the Jameis Winston video that some people are, you know, making fun of or whatever. He's out there working out again, though. But he also posted another video on on Instagram. There's about a minute or so, Jordan, of him. And you see him rolling out. That's really one of the first times you see him in these videos rolling out, throwing back across his body, you know, doing some handoffs and things of that nature. You see him kind of doing one-legged uh, squats, uh, for lack of a better way to say it. Uh, look, I again, it's it's what I'm saying. If he plays near a Pro Bowl level, are people thinking that this team can be in that window? I'm not saying it's this year. I'm not saying it's this year. But if he plays at a Pro Bowl level and his team wins the division, it's probably because they've won 10 to 12 games. 10 to 12 games against 
Baltimore, Cincy, Vegas, Rams, Minnesota, Seattle, Arizona, Cleveland, Pittsburgh, Philly, San Fran, and your three division opponents. I mean, you're absolutely, I don't, I, I don't know how you're not a contender, right? No, absolutely. I mean, you kind of run through the list and if you look at what Jameis Winston, we keep on referring back to it, but if you, if we saw a full, year of Jameis Winston, I think the narrative might be a little different this year, and we might already be considering the Saints a championship contender. I love how Roy, Miami Dolphins superfan, the villain on the show, Saints got a microscope window. See, again, here's the thing. Look, and some people have asked me, like, why why don't you even bother with Roy? Roy knows his sports, and, and that's what baffles me about this. Now, are you trying to be the villain or are you just being funny? Because there's no way you can look at that Saints roster and think they literally are, as he calls them, a five, six win team or the windows a microscope. I mean, I, it's still a window though, Roy. It's still a window <laughs> when you look at it from that perspective. But I guess that's how I look at it. Oh, you know, look, somebody just texted me this as well. Who has the bigger window, do you think? Uh, is it in the NBA or is it in the NFL that you have maybe the bigger win? I almost feel like the NFL, it, I think it's shorter, it's quicker, don't you think? Because of injuries, because of longevity, like, I, I, I'm not. In terms of, I'm like not prognosticating doom, but like, Kamara's got fewer years in his prime than LeBron turns 38 in December and that dude's going to drop 50 at some point this season. Does that make sense? Like, no, I, I think the NBA, your your window can be longer. I mean, Jordan won six, three three-peats. So, I mean, look the Spurs and the Warriors. I mean, right. they're still going on. No, and that's what I'm saying. I think well, I mean, then you it's can longer. give the argument with the Patriots. So no, 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 because the Patriots are different teams. You had different teams and different reasons they wanted. I would say the first set of Super Bowls that they won, it was very defensive laden. I mean, you probably couldn't have named Hall of Famers or anything of that nature on the offense of side. I mean, you know, um, well, again, but is is there that that window sort of open? I think this year without Terry Kill, you're going to find out just how good Pat Mahomes is or he had his weapons or not. And what is that window? And you can argue, to your point, Jordan, are the Packers' window yeah. coming close to again? You know, I mean, I, again, I, I, that's why I'm, I'm wondering what that window is. I think in the NFL it's almost like you have to strike while you're hot and, and hope it hits and things have to happen. I mean, again, 2009 was the best team I've ever seen here, right? I mean, you would argue 11. You would argue 11, maybe even 13. But 11 and 9 it, since 2006, like your eyes saw it. And even in 2009, you needed an interception, strip, fumble, touchdown, Robert Meacham. Like, in that game, the kicker missed a, a kick. Like, you you need things, even when you win titles, that fall your way. You know? Avoiding injury bugs. Things of that nature. I mean, a guy that can read a defense left and right, he can audible his, his behind off, makes a check to a play just so happens Tracy Porter knows I mean we're talking I mean, about, like, we're talking about professional but like college as well I think yeah. I mean is is Nick Saban in Alabama is that window just always open is it just always well, like well okay that that's one of those situations where it's it's crowbarred open you know what I'm saying I mean like Nick Saban in Alabama have it to the point where they're, they're not they're, they don't even care about the wind and the weather and, and all of that they're just it's open you know, you're gonna you're gonna like it when it's hot. You're gonna like it when it's cold. <laughs> it's just it's open and it's always gonna be open. And it, but but that's why though, Jordan, we always talk about saving. What that's not the norm. That's not normal. Like, normally, teams championships they're cyclical. I mean, you you can manufacture. I think championship runs right. You can go buy talent. You can say we're going to draft. Like in baseball, a handful of them develop in and in. Like the Cubs are a perfect example. They went and they built through the draft. They built the farm system. Then they brought them all up. It took two, three years. They won the World Series. Then everybody got expensive, and they now they're trying to do it again. They killed everything. I mean, like they got rid of it. And I, I think that's the, the interesting aspect of where the Saints are. I mean, 
the infusion of young talent post-16, I think, has put the Saints in that other window. And and I think what's nuts is, because Drew's even said it, there was two. He said there was two windows, you know? And I think what I'm making the case and argument for is, could we be seeing the start of a third? That's all I'm saying. If Jameis Winston plays halfway decent, some of these young guys develop. You avoid dreaded injuries. I don't know how this team isn't in one. I mean, they're not that much different than two seasons ago or three seasons ago or 19. To be honest with you. No? I mean, you, you, you give a valid point. I mean, I'll just keep on saying it. It all depends on what. I think what Jameis Winston <laughs> what, does. That's crazy. Because, I mean, the talent, like, yeah. like we're saying, it's there. But that's what I'm saying. Because you have that much talent, then aren't you, in theory, a championship caliber Correct. team? I don't know. We'll see. Uh, we'll chat with you here in a quick sec. As coming up at 115, who do we have? At 115, we have Chris Connor, correct? At uh, 130. Glenn West is 115. Glenn, yeah, Glenn West. Sorry, I'm trying to get I you to tease the hour. Yeah, you see, that's, that's my fault. You become was, the graduate, at, and all of a I was, sudden, I was looking at Russell Westbrook singing in the car <laughs> after he well he got me very. Confused. Well, when you opt in to forty-seven million, uh, I'd be singing here too. We'll do some NBA chatter here at the top of the hour. That's Jordan, a graduate at JD Cleaver. Is where to follow on Twitter. Hour two is next. Don't go anywhere. It's Sports Hangover on ESPN New Orleans. <laughs> Thank you.